Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Good evening, friends. Father Frank Pavone here coming to you live on this Friday night. Welcome to Praying for America. It's always great to have you with us. Let me know where you're from and let me know if you have any prayer intentions, because as we pray for America, we pray for one another. And we're going to talk about something Biden did today. A very interesting uh, move he tried to make. Uh, Didn't have a whole lot of people sort of like, you know, those circles during the election. But uh, he did it for a very very evil reason. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Uh, we know we're coming up on the 4th of July, and but I want to see how many of you already know, I'm sure many of you do, what is the significance of the 2nd of July, which is tomorrow. Those two dates are related to each other. We'll look at why, and we'll look at a very important document that is connected, of course, with those two dates. And uh, finally, well, we got a whole lot of stuff here that I want to comment on. And I want to end tonight with a special word of encouragement to pastors that uh, I saw today from my friend Gary Bauer of American Values. I know many of you, like I do, get his daily updates. They're very, very useful and inspiring. So these are some of the things on the uh, agenda. Let's go to scripture. I want to read the conclusion of the Gospel of Matthew. And as we come to Independent Day, Independence Day, uh, you'll certainly appreciate why I'm choosing this particular passage. Oh, and ask your questions too. I see where you're coming from, different uh, states and cities. Um, but as we go along, if you have questions, not just about what I'm saying, but maybe what I said in some past programs, or maybe just something else that's on your mind that we can talk about, I always appreciate that. And we'll. Uh, try to respond to uh, at least some of them. Conclusion of the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew 28, starting with verse 16. The eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had ordered them. When they saw him, they worshipped, but they doubted. Then Jesus approached and said to them, All power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always until the end of the age. Let us pray. Lord, we praise and thank you that People came to this nation and made disciples, baptized them as you commanded, taught them to carry out everything that you have commanded us. We thank you, Lord, that you appeared in all power and glory, just as you had promised that some would not die until they saw the kingdom of God come in power. And standing before those disciples, risen from the dead and about to ascend into heaven, and declaring that all power and authority were yours, you fulfilled that promise, and you remind us in every age that you are the Lord of every nation, that you are the judge of every nation, 
and our founders acknowledged that. Lord, you have said, we are to teach all nations to carry out everything you have commanded us. Lord, one of the ways we do that is by voting. One of the ways we do that is by lobbying. One of the ways we do that is by governing ourselves and setting policies that will point people to everything that you have commanded us. Justice, peace, mercy, love, and life. The protection of life, first and foremost. The protection of all the sacred rights that you yourself give us. Lord, we thank you for the work that has already been done in our nation, and we thank you for the work that yet remains. And we commit ourselves to that work again tonight, that we, the citizens of this great nation, may be more and more faithful citizens of your heavenly kingdom, doing all that you have commanded us. Thank you, Lord, for this great commission. Thank you for sustaining us in carrying it out. You who live and reign forever and ever, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Okay, so friends, um, well, Biden did something stupid today, although maybe that's uh, something that goes without saying. But he gets together with these governors. So who do he get together with? Nine Democrat governors from New York, North Carolina, New Mexico, Connecticut, Colorado, Illinois, Washington, Oregon, and Rhode Island. First of all, I want to ask folks in those states, how, how do these people get elected? To get, these are terrible governors. Get them out. Get them out of office. Um, but he gets together with these guys because he is concerned that not enough children are going to be killed in the womb. This is what brings the, the president and these governors getting together to figure out how to keep the bloodshed going. Oh, they're all disturbed that the Supreme Court issued that Dobbs ruling and overturned Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey. And getting together with these governors, for that purpose, you know, people are elected to public office in order to, as the very document that we are celebrating in these next few days, tells us in order to secure the right to life given to us by God. Governments are instituted to secure the right to life. Biden today gets together with governors to figure out more ways to deny the right to life, to figure out more ways to take life away. Shame on the president, shame on these governors. They should be bowing their heads in shame tonight. Biden made the erroneous claim, although the other side loves to repeat it, no matter how erroneous it is, that women will be arrested and jailed in places where abortion is made illegal, as it is now in a number of states, that they'll be thrown in jail. Brothers and sisters, let's understand something very clearly. No pro-life law is going to punish the woman or throw her in jail, just like pro-life laws before Roe versus Wade did not do that. And pro-life laws that have been passed under the five decades of Roe v. Wade, because there were certain things that the states were able to do 
to regulate and even prohibit some abortions. The mothers were not the target of punishment. Now, that doesn't mean that they didn't take a human life if they had an abortion. It doesn't mean that at all. What it means is that we're living in a society that's deeply deceived about abortion and about the unborn child. We're living in a society where so many mothers are under such extreme pressure, extreme pressure, that their freedom often is minimal. And that's the irony of the phrase freedom of choice, because most get abortions because they feel they have no freedom and no choice. And also because she's already in prison. I remember one time at Clinton, yeah, these Democrat presidents, they love to make the same silly, empty argument, contrary to fact. Clinton was giving a speech in Ohio and he said, oh yeah, you pro-life people, yeah, you just want to throw women in prison. No, that's not what we want to do. In fact, 70 pro-life leaders recently signed a public letter making it very clear that the laws that they are getting behind do not include, in fact, they explicitly exclude punishment for the mother. Who is it that gets punished in the laws that are being passed now against abortion, in the laws that were passed before Roe versus Wade? Who is it that gets punished? The person who carries out the abortion, who takes the instruments, puts them inside the womb, pulls out a leg, pulls out an arm, pulls out a, a, a skull, fragments of a skull of a, of a baby who was living a few moments before. That's the person, that's the abortionist who's doing killing after killing after killing, day after day after day. If the woman is afraid that she's going to end up going to jail, how are you ever going to find the abortionist who's doing the procedures? That's the one you want to stop. She's scared, desperate, afraid. She feels trapped. And furthermore, as I said, those who have abortions, I can tell you because I head up Rachel's Vineyard and Silent No More. Rachel's Vineyard is the largest ministry in the whole world for healing people who have had abortions. I can tell you right now, and I know many of you know this, either because you know people that have had abortions or because perhaps you yourself have had that sad experience, that they are already in prison. They are already in prison, in prison to terrible grief, terrible suffering, terrible pain. Yes, abortion is ending a human life. Done knowingly, done willingly, morally speaking, it's murder. There's not a denial of that whatsoever. But for the president to get together with these governors and say, oh, well, you know, there's a women are going to be thrown in jail, simply not true. That's not what the law provides. That's not what the law provides. So the bottom line here is that he's contrary to fact. He doesn't know what he's talking about. And you know what? We don't expect him to. Sadly, we don't even expect him to. Biden is urging the Senate to end the filibuster, the legislative filibuster wants to carve out an exception for abortion. Yeah, well, of course, because abortion destroys everything in its path. We've known that for decades. It's called the abortion distortion. All the rules apply in all the circumstances except abortion. So, yeah, we'll keep the legislative filibuster. Uh, this is something that, uh, you know, make sure that uh, 
there's consensus among the American people before policies are passed that half the country is going to be enraged about. We'll keep the filibuster, but, oh, we'll make an exception for abortion. No, no exception for abortion. Biden claimed, uh, oh, today he said, oh, the Dobbs case takes Americans' rights away. You know, exactly, it's, it's, it's exactly just the opposite in reality. The Dobbs case gives the rights back to the people to set policy on abortion. I was saying that I was saying today in an email message I sent out. And by the way, I hope you're all subscribed to get my my emails. Uh, I've been sending out educational emails about this decision. We send out lots of emails about a lot of things. And you can sign up for those emails at our main website, endabortion.us, endabortion.us. And I said in an email today, you know, it's been one week today since the court overruled Roe v. Wade. And I haven't stopped celebrating yet. I haven't stopped uh, smiling yet. Why? Because for the first time since I was 13 years old, I'm living in a country where human beings can be protected for the entire span of their lives. For the last 50 years, up until one week ago today, human beings in the first nine months of their lives could not be protected, literally could not be protected up until the point of viability. Okay, so more like approximately six months. But the point is that up to that point, Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood versus Casey said to the legislatures, not just to the states, but also to the federal Congress, you cannot protect these children. Now, for the first time, all of us are living in a country for the first time in 50 years that human beings can actually be protected from the very beginning of their life unto the end. That's a pretty profound thing. And that's why I'm pretty happy about it, as are countless citizens like you and all the people who have labored in the pro-life movement. Okay. In regard to this Dobbs decision, secondly, some international reaction from some people who, honestly, I care about their opinion as about as much as I care about that light bulb up there on the ceiling. But I'm going to show you what their opinions are and how, how silly they are. Um, they go to Twitter, Justin Trudeau up in Canada. I couldn't care about his opinion any more than, uh, like I say, the light bulb up there. The news coming out of the United States is horrific. Where do these people come from? My heart goes out to the, million, ten, the millions of American women who are now set to lose their legal right to an abortion. You know what's horrific, Justin? A baby's head getting pulled apart. Piece by piece removed from the womb. An arm being ripped off while the baby's still alive. That's what's horrific. But no, you don't have a word to say about the child, do you, Mr. Trudeau? You don't have a word to say about the child. It's going right over your head, hasn't it? Because you're, I don't see anything here. 
Millions of American women. Well, yeah, glad you're concerned about them. How about we send them to you after they have had their abortions and they're suffering devastating, horrific pain? You want to talk to them then? You're talking about the women. Do I hear nothing about the baby? German Chancellor Olaf Scholz. Again, I care more about that light bulb than about what this guy thinks. Women's rights are threatened. We must defend them resolutely. So you're a defender of rights. Really? For whom? Women who are two months in the womb? One month in the womb? Six months in the womb? All those little women, you know, this big, this big. Or do you care about them only when they're this big? And who in the world are you to draw that line? I don't know where, I, I, honestly, brothers and sisters, I don't know how these people become, um, get into the, the positions that they get into. They should not be in leadership, any of these people. Any of them. French President Macron. Yeah, another winner. Abortion is a fundamental right for all women. Where do you get that? Where do you get that? You read it in a Cracker Jack box? A fundamental right for all women. It must be protected. I wish to express my solidarity with the women. I could introduce you to some women I might have some solidarity with that can't even get up out of bed because of the grief that they have over their abortion. You want to express some solidarity with those women? And again, when does a when? Uh, but first of all, I guess you know what a woman is. That's that's really yeah. You're doing better than uh, the woman we just uh, swore into the Supreme Court yesterday. I guess you. I mean, if you if you if you are in solidarity with women, you must know what a woman is. You want to go tell Justice uh, Brown Jackson? Give her a phone call. I'm in solidarity with the women whose liberties are being undermined. What liberties? What liberties exactly? You see how all the brothers and sisters, I want to read a few, I'm going to share a few more, but I want you to see the pattern here. What are they all completely ignoring? What are they all completely missing? They're taking this issue and collapsing it completely into a two-dimensional flat issue. Liberty for women, liberty for women. Well, I can stand up for liberty for women. Except that I want it for all women, including the ones in the first nine months of their lives. I'm actually more for liberty than women than these clowns are who do not deserve to be in any kind of a position of world leadership. Now we got another clown here, the Director General of the World Health Organization there, Tedros, expressing his disappointment about the Supreme Court decision to overturn Roe. I am very disappointed because women's rights must be protected. Oh, here we go again. And I would have expected America to protect such rights. America does protect such rights. And we've just taken a big step to protecting even more of those rights. Because we don't allow our little babies 
to be torn apart limb from limb. If we don't, if we want to protect those rights of those babies who are being torn apart, Roe v. Wade said we couldn't. So don't give me this lip service about liberty. And meanwhile, think the saying that you're in favor of Roe v. Wade or Roe v. Wade should stand. Don't give me lip service about liberty. You don't know what you're talking about. So all these people, I can go on, but I, it, it's just so disgusting what these, what these what these these clowns say. Friends, notice the pattern. The pattern is that in none of these assertions is any weight whatsoever given to the rights of the child or any acknowledgement whatsoever given to the fact that a uh, um, a, 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 that, that an abortion takes a life. No acknowledgement given to this fact whatsoever. Okay. Now, let's go to, I, I, I mentioned at the outset, okay, well, so we're approaching the 4th of July. What's the significance of the 2nd of July? So the feasts that we're about to celebrate, this is a great national celebration of our nationhood, of our establishment as a nation, of our independence of George III over there in Britain. Independence. And we're going to stand on our own. We're going to govern ourselves. Why? Because he was a man of tyranny. So the 13 colonies got together. Our founders got together. And they said, we are declaring our independence. Now, you know, we've, we've in grade school, we learned the reasons for this. And, you know, many people remember, above all, taxation without representation. But, you know, a large part of the Declaration of Independence is a litany of all the various abuses that King George III was guilty of. And by no means is it only or even primarily the taxation question. It's a violation of human rights and freedom. It's a violation of the right to govern ourselves. Um, and most of the declaration is a litany of these violations. He has refused his assent to laws, the most wholesome and necessary for the public good. I'm just going to skip to a few of them. He has dissolved representative houses uh, repeatedly for opposing, with manly firmness, his invasions on the rights of the people. These were offenses against human rights and dignity. He has refused for, such a, for a long time after such dissolutions to cause others to be elected. So he's interfering with elections, interfering with courts, interfering with legislatures, interfering with the self-government of the people. And then it says he has plundered our seas, ravaged our coasts, burnt our towns, and destroyed the lives of our people. In other words, who does he think he is? Earthly kings are not supposed to have this kind of authority. And they're not supposed to do this kind of evil. This is a tyrant. Our founders were objecting against tyranny. So, the date on which they declared independence, voted on a resolution of independence, was July the 2nd of 1776. But it was only two days later that the declaration of that independence 
was ratified by the Second Continental Congress. And that's why at the top of the Declaration of Independence, you have the date, July 4th, 1776. So it's the 246th birthday of our country in a couple of days. That also means, by the way, in another four years, we're going to have a very big celebration of the 250th anniversary of our nation. We should start getting ready for that now and thinking about ways that we want to observe that. I remember I graduated high school in the bicentennial year. We were celebrating the 200th anniversary, 200th birthday of our country, 1976. And uh, now we're coming up to the 250th in, in another four years. But uh, this uh, weekend will be, a Monday will be the 246th. And you know the Declaration of Independence invokes God, references God, four times. And I, I thought it might be nice for us to recall where it does that. Let me read the first paragraph and a little bit of the second. When in the course of human events it becomes necessary for one people to dissolve the political bands which have connected them with another and to assume among the powers of the earth the separate and equal station to which the laws of nature and of nature's God entitle them, a decent respect to the opinions of mankind requires that they should declare the causes which impel them to the separation. So, in other words, that's why the Declaration of Independence is a declaration of grievances against the king exercising tyranny as a result of which they are impelled to separate those political bands which connected them. And they're appealing to the laws of God. Nature and of nature's God say, you don't plunder our seas, burn our towns, destroy our lives, take away our representatives, interfere with our courts, uh, hinder our elections, etc., etc. You don't do that because there is a God in heaven. You're not God. He is. This is what they're saying in the Declaration. So that's the first reference to God. The second reference to God, of course, in the most well-known part of the Declaration is this. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights, and that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's the second reference to God. The long litany of uh, complaints and, and abuses and tyrannical actions follows after that. And at the end of them, it says this. We, therefore, the representatives of the United States of America in General Congress assembled, appealing to the supreme judge of the world for the rectitude of our intentions, do in the name and by the authority of the good people of these colonies solemnly publish and declare that these united colonies are and of right ought to be free and independent states. So they're taking this action with a keen awareness of their accountability to the judge of the world. They know other people will judge them as for doing the wrong thing. They know other people will judge them uh, for political motives or selfish motives. They appeal 
to the supreme judge of the world. That's the third mention of God in the declaration. And then finally, the um, at the conclusion of it, they say we're doing this with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. And with that, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. July the 4th, 1776. Read the Declaration again. I think that's a good action item uh, coming uh, from this uh, particular episode. Read the Declaration. Read it to your children also and your grandchildren. Teach them. Get a pocket copy of the Declaration and the Constitution like I have here. And let's honor and reverence this document. You know, the two signers of the Declaration, the only two signers, who then went on to become presidents of the United States, our second and third presidents, John Adams and uh, Thomas Jefferson, died on the same day, on the same day, exactly 50 years after the ratification of this document, July the 4th of 1826. Amazing uh, coincidence in our American history. John Adams wrote to his wife, Abigail, he was talking, he thought it was going to be the 2nd of July, that was going to be the big celebration, turned out to be the 4th. But in in any case, aside from that, he was correct, because he said, this day will be the most memorable epic in the history of America. I am apt to believe that it will be celebrated by succeeding generations as the great anniversary festival. It ought to be commemorated as the day of deliverance by solemn acts of devotion to God Almighty. It ought to be solemnized by pomp and parade with shows, games, sports, guns, bells, bonfires, and illuminations from one end of this continent to the other from this time forward forever more. And with those words of our second president, I want to wish you a happy Independence Day, a blessed one, and all of us together re-energized, not only to pray for America, but to work with all the strength of our being. In fact, to do what these founders did, as they expressed at the end of that document, to pledge to one another our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. To do what? To defend that right to life. To defend that right to life. And all the other rights. To defend the freedom. The freedom that we have been given. Not by the court, not by the president, not by the government in any way, but by God. One of you was asking, Debbie, is that this booklet available on our shop website? Actually, that's a good idea. We should make it available there. But you can easily find it uh, searching uh, online. There's various different uh, companies that um, that sell these and different different organizations. And uh, it, it won't be hard to find at all. Pocket, just search for Pocket Constitution and, uh, and, and, uh, and, and, and you'll find it. Uh, so uh, listen, everybody, time goes so far. I can't. I, I, I'm just I'm looking at this clock here, and I can't believe how quickly this uh, time goes by. I hope that my uh, reflections with you are are uh, inspiring and helpful. Let's turn back to the Lord and lifting up your prayers, your needs, your intentions. Many of you have told us uh, how uh, you would like us to uh, pray for you. 
lifting up all those intentions, let's pray in the words that Jesus taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So friends, stay connected with me, please, on social media at FR Frank Pavone on all the major platforms, including Truth Social and uh, Getter and uh, Right Side Broadcasting. Stay connected with them as well at RSB Network. And have a happy Independence Day. Have a great weekend. Uh, we uh, will be back uh, with a uh, special rebroadcast on uh, Tuesday night. And then, uh, and then, of course, the rest of the week. Have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.